Well, what is up, Everlast? How are we doing tonight? Can we give God glory for just a sweet time of worship together? Amen. Give him glory. Come on, y'all. Thank you so much to, uh, to Wes and Jeremy, Savannah, Taylor, and, and Israel leading us in worship. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I, uh, we did turn the thermostat down. So as you can tell, it's a little cooler now. Praise the Lord for air conditioning. Amen. Hey, well, if you're new here, my name is Kev. Uh, I get to be the young adult pastor here by God's grace. And uh, let me just say, uh, if you're new, we're seriously so glad that you came. If it's your first time, thank you for coming. Please be sure afterwards to go to our little information table. And we've got a gift for you uh, just to say thanks for coming. And of course, Everlast is our young adult ministry. And, you know, we, y'all, we make it our goal to collectively encounter Jesus grow in Jesus, and to make Jesus known. Amen? Amen. And my, my lovely wife, raise your hand over there, Tina. Hey, that's my wife. She's our young adult coordinator. Hey, and if you're a volunteer or leader on, on the team, can you raise your hand? If you're a volunteer leader with Everlast. See all the hands raised? Listen, we're here to serve you guys. Seriously, if you, keep your hand up if you don't mind, leaders, volunteers. If you see a hand raised, listen, you can find them afterwards. Please meet them. We're here to, we're here to serve you. However we can serve you, we're here to pray for you. Hallelujah, you can put your hands down there. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, okay, so tonight, as you can tell on these awesome screens, uh, we continue our series FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, where we have uh, been looking to God's Word on answering what we believe to be, yeah, frequently asked questions in our culture and church today. Our first question we answered uh, was, how can I know God's plan for my life? Um, the second question we answered, uh, my wife and I co-taught last week when we answered the question, can someone be gay? And be a Christian. Uh, we encourage you to head to our podcasts if you've missed any of those teachings. Uh, it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can you can check those teachings out. But tonight we answer our next question, which is this: If Jesus said, "Do not worry," how do I stop worrying? <laughs> it's gonna be a good night, y'all. It's gonna be a good night. Uh, we're going to be going many different scripts, going through many different scriptures tonight. But uh, to, to start out, please grab your Bibles and uh, let's turn together to Romans chapter two. We're just going to one verse. There's going to be many more later. Romans chapter twelve, verse two. Again, that's Romans chapter twelve, verse two. It's on the screen for you as well. I'm going to go ahead and read it as y'all turn there. Y'all ready? Here we go. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I know we just, Wes just prayed for us, but we're going to just pray again. Cool, let's pray. Join me. Father, we love you. And God, God we just want to, we just want to say you're so awesome. We're so grateful that you care for us. And um, Father, I pray that tonight that you would help us to understand what it means to not worry. <laughs> Please continue to speak to us now as uh, we continue in worship through your word and help us to surrender all of our thoughts right now and all of our affections to you. And Everlast, I'm going to encourage you to do something. Pray for your own heart and ask God to speak to you. And now I just would ask you to pray that same prayer for the people on your left and right or those around you. Pray this. Say, God, would you speak to them? Go ahead and pray that for them.
And I would uh, kindly ask now that you please pray for me, that God would use me to make things clear and helpful. Well, Father, we're here, we're listening. Speak to us now, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Everlast. All listen, <clears throat> all throughout scriptures, all throughout all throughout the scriptures, the word of God declares over and over and over again that we exist for one simple and beautiful purpose. That is to know and to enjoy Jesus. That all things were made by him and for him. That in his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, to, to rejoice in the Lord always, to find your joy in him, that every man, woman, and child was made to rest and delight, rest and delight in an intimate relationship with God, the maker of it all. That's what we were made for. And I know many of us believe this to be true, but we struggle to experience it. Why? Well, quite frankly, there, there, there is a literal battle happening. There's a battle happening. If we have an enemy, which news report, the Bible says we do, uh, then I would submit that many of us, that for many of us, rather, the devil's goal is not to convince you that God isn't real or the Bible isn't true. Because he'll just say, hey, if, hey, if, if you want to read the word, if you want to seek God, go for it. Just make sure you look good while you're doing it. And, and, and while you're at it, make sure you go to the right college and pick the right major so you can get the right internship and the right job and so that you can get on the right team and find the right boss. And so you can get the right promotions and take over the world. But do you... Uh, do, but to do that, you have to move into the right city. But that, that city that you're moving into is really expensive. So, you know, you need to make more money. And then you need to get a house, and that'll be even more expensive. So I guess now I need roommates, and I need a lot of roommates. But now that I have a lot of roommates, I, I have roommate drama coming at me. In the middle of that, I need to I actually, I, check it out, I actually meet somebody. And then we go on a date, and then we're going to go on more dates and more dates. And then I meet their friends and family, and they need to meet my friends and family. And now we're thinking about engagement. Oh, my gosh, we're actually getting married? <laughs> what about what about our careers? Where are we going to live? Are we going to stay in the same? city move to a different city what are we going to do do we want kids how many kids uh do we do we send to the private school or public school what are we, what are we going to do then in, uh, then meanwhile i'm trying to caught, be caught up with social media twitter facebook instagram snapchat who who cares about snapchat anymore or or what what what, what, what about oh tiktok i need tiktok but because i need to let people know how i'm doing but man i can't forget about health insurance car insurance diapers and clothing for my kids life insurance worry worry Listen, it, <laughs> I need to breathe real quick. Uh, it, it, listen, it's not like anywhere in all of that, anywhere in all of that, it's not like that suddenly we start thinking, hey, you know what? God is dead. The scriptures aren't true. But we, we just lost track of them somehow along the way, and, and as well as our understanding of what it means to not worry. Because end of the day, the Christian life is a fight. The Christian life is a fight. For many of us, the greatest challenge in our life is that we have problems. Some of you might be thinking, well, Kev, what are you, what are you advocating here? 
I just got to eliminate some of those problems. Some of y'all parents might be thinking, I got to get rid of these kids. <laughs> um, is, is that, it, <laughs> I'm kidding. Is, is that what you're saying, Kev? Just, just get rid of the problem. Just get rid of the problems. What are you saying? Here's what I'm saying, Everlast. Here's the reality. For many of us, our problems aren't the problem. It's our anxiety about our problems. That's the problem. I'll say that again. For many of us, it's not like, it's not even the problems. It's our anxiety about the problems that becomes the problem. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, you can write that down. It's not on the screen. Matthew, just maybe jot in your notes. If you're taking mental notes too, cool. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, Jesus talks to his disciples. He says, do not be anxious. Thinking, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't be anxious thinking about you know, what, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Now, listen, those things matter. But he, Jesus says, don't be anxious about them. He said, but seek first what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Do you know, Everlast, do you notice the contrast there? He contrasts anxiety with seeking the kingdom of God. So, Anxiety is our biggest impediment for fulfilling our God-given destiny. Let me say it again. For many of us, it's our anxiety about the things of life that is our greatest impediment against pursuing our God-given destiny. So we can conclude, all right, with that, we can conclude that the enemy's strategy to keep you from really living as the man you're meant to be under God or, or a woman of God. The enemy's greatest strategy to keep you from seeking the kingdom of God is to fill you with anxiety about the things of this present world. Why? Well, okay, these aren't on the screen, but write them down, cool? Here's why. Worry is forgetful. Write that down. Worry is forgetful. In concentrating on what we, listen, in concentrating on what we don't have that we think we should have, we fail to keep in mind the catalog of blessings that are ours simply because God has chosen to place his awesome love on us. This forgetfulness everlast causes us to do more, uh, it causes us to do more comparing and complaining rather than praising and resting. Second thing, write it down. It's not on the screen. Worry misunderstands blessing. It completely gets it wrong. So often, Everlast, worry is fueled by misunderstanding what God's care actually looks like. Y'all, God's care is not always. Y'all need to hear this. Look at me. Eyeballs real quick, if you don't mind. God's care is not always provision or relief or release. It's not always that. It isn't. Sometimes God's blessing comes in the form of trials that are his means of giving us things we could get no other way. Worry, here's the next, write this down. Worry is short-sighted. Short-sighted. What do I mean? Well, worry has this tendency to have like a right here, right now aspect to it that overlooks the fact that this moment is not 
all that there is. Worry cannot see that this moment isn't meant to be a destination, but a preparation for a final destination that is heaven. That will be beautiful, y'all, beyond, beyond our wildest dreams and imagination. Write this next one down. Worry questions God's wisdom. Worry questions God's wisdom. When you and I worry, we tend to buy into the fact and the thought that we're actually smarter than God. Y'all, that is me so much, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I, 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 I tend to buy into the fact that I'm actually smarter than God. In, listen to this. In the worry, we tend to think we know more and better. And if our hands were on the joystick or steering wheel or whatever, we would, we could, you know, we would totally handle things a different way. Lastly, write this down. Worry, it's a pretty big one. Worry is impatient. Worry is impatient. Worry doesn't like to wait. <laughs> Worry complains quickly and tires very easily. Worry doesn't have any stamina. <laughs> Worry doesn't, listen to this, Worry doesn't just cry for blessings, but it cries for blessings now. What is devastating about worry, Everlast, is that it questions God's goodness. And when you do that, you quit running to him for help. You quit running to him for help. And this is why this is one of the devil's greatest strategies. Listen, he doesn't want us to run to God. He doesn't just want us to not run to God, but he doesn't want us to fight at all. He doesn't even want our mind. He doesn't want our mind right. He doesn't want our attention to be in the battle. He works hard, y'all. He works so hard to get our minds off of God and onto our problems, thus perpetuating the worry. And he most definitely, he most definitely doesn't at all want you to know, let alone live in light of this next piece of scripture I'm about to share. It's on the screen. Ready? 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all, we need to know this in our bones. We need to know this in our bones. Jesus' victory is our victory. Jesus' victory is our victory. If we can get our minds right, Everlast, and really think this way, we can literally win any battle, especially a battle of the mind, because end of the day, worry is fought on the battlefield of the mind. Battles are more internal than external. Did y'all know that? Battles are more internal than external. Here's the truth. Our lives, Everlast, are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Think about it, pun intended. If you are single and want to be in a relationship with somebody, if you're single and you want to be in a relationship, you're going to be thinking about a lot of, you're going to think about that a lot in your life. And inevitably, you'll move in that direction. You will think about what kind of shape you're in or rather what kind of shape you want to be in. Um, you'll be thinking about what you should wear. You'll be thinking about when and how you should spend your money, et cetera, et cetera. Y'all, this pretty much applies to, to to everything. If you want a promotion, your thoughts will be strong in that direction. If you're engaged and you're planning a wedding, you're strong, your thoughts will be strong in that direction. If you're married and you desire to be parents, your thoughts will be strong in that direction. If you want a newer car, phone, or whatever, your thoughts will be strong in that direction. Ultimately, I would say this, y'all. The life we have is a reflection of the thoughts we think. 
the life we have is a reflection of the thoughts we think. In other words, what or how we think determines who we will become. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. (laughs) Wow. So, if you continuously think, I can't do this, I can't do this, I don't have what it takes. If you think you can't, well then you probably won't. If you think you can, by the grace of God, you probably will. But please, do not hear what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. This is not a message of just think and all will happen the way you want it to go. Absolutely not, y'all. We cannot. It's impossible for us to will things into existence. (laughs) That only God can do. This is simply, Everlast, putting a magnifying glass on how we think and how the Word instructs us to think. I used to play baseball. It's my favorite sport. still is my favorite sport. If you go up to the plate and you think, I'm going to strike out. I'm not going to hit this ball. There's no way I'm going to strike. There's no way I'm going to hit it. I'm going to strike out. I'm going to strike out. What's probably going to happen? You're going to strike out. If I go up to the plate and, I'm, and I just like, I'm, I, I'm about to freaking annihilate this ball. I'm going to hit a grand slam. You're most likely going to hit the ball. It's just, it's just true. Here's a, tr- y'all, here's a truth pill. Get ready to swallow it. Throw it back. Here's the truth pill. It's honestly very simple. Listen, if you dwell on your problems, your problems are going to overwhelm you. They're going to overwhelm you. If you dwell on your problems, your problems are going to overwhelm you. Y'all, to dwell means to spend time. Again, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25-34, that worrying doesn't add any span of time to your life. So, if you instead of spending time on dwelling, or rather worrying, and spend that same time on casting that worry on God, well then your problems would in turn not overwhelm you. Amen? 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9, we're going to read. It's on the screen. I love this passage, y'all. It's one of my favorite passages of all scripture. Humble yourselves, therefore, into the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. <coughs> Excuse me. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced throughout your, uh, um, by your brethren throughout the world. You see, we have an enemy that likes to take advantage of weakness. You know, I shared this last week, and I'll just say it again, but, you know, if you ever seen National Geographic, okay, cool. Does a pride of lions hunt a herd of wildebeest, or do they single out one? Do they single out the strongest or the weakest? Y'all, listen, this is why Peter, like we just read, instructs us, instructs us to be sober-minded, to resist the enemy firm in your faith. It doesn't say soft or weak in your faith. No, firm. Listen, if you always think like a victim, you'll likely become a victim. If instead you believe that you can overcome by the power of Christ within you everlasting. You can overcome. You can. Did you know that? You can overcome. You can. Romans 8, 37-39. Another great passage. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's crazy. Through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present things, or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. 
It's crazy how we, y'all, what's crazy though is how (laughs) we so easily think ourselves to death though. We just think, I mean, really we think, 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 think so much. And before we know it, we have thought all the way to where we just freeze up in our emotions and in our understanding and even our belief in God. This is why worry is the inevitable outcome. You know, I heard it once said, your analysis can lead to paralysis. And I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Your analysis can lead to paralysis. So let's, I want to take a moment to think about what we think about. Okay. I want to do an exercise together tonight. And it's going to be a good old scale of one to 10 exercise. All right. Uh, My wife and I use this scale all the time, you know, you know, rating it, you know, a movie we just ate or a restaurant we wait hold on <laughs> you don't eat movies you eat at restaurants and you watch movies we rate this with the movie you watch and a restaurant that you eat at it's a good old scale of one to ten okay so sorry about that just simply uh to yourself okay i'm gonna read some stuff to yourself think about where you're at in this scale okay y'all ready it's on the screen Worried to peaceful. So it can't really fit on the screen. Uh, uh, I I don't know if they're all like this, but worried. Imagine worried is on the left side of one and peaceful is on the right side of 10. Okay, does that make sense? So worried's here, peaceful's over there. All right, keep looking at the screen. Just kind of, and and as as I kind of just share, be thinking. Are you, Everlast, are you characterized by worried thoughts, panic, anxiety, fear? Or would you say that your thoughts are typically characterized by being full of peace? We'll start on the left side, okay? The left side. Do you tend to wake up and have your mind drift toward fear? Initially thinking, you know, what what could go wrong today? I'm worried about my relationship. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about the state of the world and the direction that this world is towards and these countries out of control. Ah, I'm worried. You know, do you find that your mind is more characterized by worried thoughts or, or even if things are bad and are complicated and hard, do you find yourself casting your cares upon God and recognizing that there is a peace that goes beyond all human ability to understand? Do you sense his presence and his goodness Do you know his spirit is with you and in you? And that brings you confidence even amidst the hard and even when things aren't going the way you want. What would you say if you're, if you were auditing or rather inspecting your thoughts right now, are you more characterized by worry, worried, worried or, or or peaceful thoughts? A second category, check it out that I believe either perpetuates worry or dissipates worry would be this. Negative or positive? Negative on the left, positive on the right. Do your thoughts drift towards the negative? Or do they drift towards the positive? Do you wake up and find yourself like, ugh? Like that's the sound you make. You're just the ugh person. Just huffing and puffing. Do, do you find yourself being quickly to be critical of people? Do you always assume the worst instead of believing the best? When someone texts you, hey, I hope you're doing well. Can we talk? Do you think it's going to be a bad talk? Do you look at your day and say, man, it's going to be hard. This day is going to suck. 
<laughs> it's going to be bad. Times are tough, and I'm just always so busy. There, there's not enough time for me to go around, and the world's going to hell in a, in a handbasket, right? Are these the kind of thoughts that you predominantly have? Or do you wake up with positive faith? And again, even if things are difficult, you say, you know what? You know what? This is what you say. Christ, Christ is with me. He helps me overcome. And things may be difficult in the world, but I know God. It is he who is working in all things to bring out, to bring about rather good to those who are called according to his purpose. Again, what are your thoughts characterized by? Negative or positive? Everlasting. And lastly, a third category that I believe would, that I believe either perpetuates worry or dissipates worry is this, worldly or eternal. Worldly on the left, eternal on the right. Ask yourself on a, one, on a scale of one to 10, when it comes to what you think about, are your thoughts more worldly or are they toward, you know, uh, yeah, are they, are they are, let's just camp on a worldly for a second. Are they toward the things of this world that are, you know, um, completely temporary? Or do they lean on what lasts forever? Your thoughts very well may be worldly, and if they're worldly, these are some of the thoughts that you may be uh, consumed with. Ready? You may be consumed with what you have, what you don't have, what you wear, what you look like, who liked your post, how many followers or views you have, how much money in the bank do you have, what everybody thinks about you. Or does your thoughts lean more towards the eternal? Do you think about your life as a gift that God has given you to steward? Do you think about the spiritual gifts he gave you to use? Do you think about um, basically all that you have is to be invested and given to make a difference in the lives of the people around you? Do you think about when everything else burns or fades away that your life will count eternally? <laughs> Do you think about how your life was literally created for the glory of God? I love Colossians 3, verse 2. It says this, set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth. Everlasting. I'm telling y'all, what we think about means more than you can imagine. Again, what we think about either perpetuates or dissipates worry. What comes to your mind naturally comes out in your life, okay? This is on the screen, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So, we're going to end tonight with this. How do you take every thought captive? Big question. Big question is... <laughs> How do you take every thought captive? Write these down, all right? First, ready? Identify the thought. Everlast, identify the thought. When you're operating day in and day out, and the thought pass, and this maybe a thought passes through your mind. Y'all, it's super important that you identify what kind of thought it was and also where it came from. So let's play this battle scenario out. A thought comes in your mind, just whoosh, right in your mind. It says this to you. You're worthless. You respond with, really? Why'd you say that? 
the thought responds back with, well, look at you, you're pathetic. You respond back with, well, I, I mean, you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you expect me to be? I mean, you, you don't know what I've been through, right? I, I deserve to be pathetic. If you've been through what I've been through, you'd be pathetic too. Show a little mercy here. What, where's the compassion? I mean, y'all, it's crazy. We just sit there and just host the thought. We just, just, just host it, just hanging out, grab a little cup of coffee, just talk, hang out, and spend all sorts of time together. No, y'all, listen, what you, this is what you need to say first. You say, listen, thought, before you pitch a tent and start a little campfire and hang out with me in my mind, <laughs> why don't we figure something out first? And I mean business. Number one, where did you come from? Number two, are you congruent with the word of God? Where did you come from, and are you congruent with the Word of God? Two simple questions ever last. Where did you come from? Well, I just wanted you to know that you're pathetic, and I know that you knew that already, but I just wanted to remind you, don't you feel pathetic, Kev? Well, actually, I feel, yeah, I feel kind of lousy right now. Exactly. <laughs> right? This is where you don't just sit in it, but rather ask this question to the thought. Does my Heavenly Father think I'm pathetic? Does my heavenly father think I'm pathetic? Everlast. <laughs> Jesus lived a perfect life in the place of our imperfect lives. He took on not just your sins, but the sins of the entire world. He shed his blood for you to save you from damnation and separation from God to stand in his victory. So that God wants you to know that you're pathetic. Wrong. Wrong. So you can know right away that that thought did not come from your God. And again, number two is this thought, are you congruent with God's word? God's word says that I'm chosen. I'm adopted. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the, of the Most High King. That's what the word of God says. And sons and daughters of the Most High King are not pathetic in the eyes of God. So A, you didn't come from God. And B, you don't match up with the word of God. So after this, the second step that I'm going to have I'm going to share with you when it comes to holding your thoughts captive. Here it is. Bind it in the name of Jesus. Bind it with the word of truth. Guys, listen. We have the name. We have, we, we have the name and we have to use the name that is power. We have to use the name that has all authority. You've got to use the name that demons fear. <clears throat> Not our name, but his name. His name. You've got to say right away, you did not come from my God, and you do not match up with the word of God, so therefore I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind this thought. Let it go back to the pit of hell where it came from, bound up in Jesus' name. This is literally what is called taking the authority and victory that Jesus established for us. This is what taking every thought captive and, and to the obedience of Jesus looks like because end of the day, one of two things is going to happen, y'all. One of two things. The thought is either going to bind you up or you're going to bind it up. This literally happened to Jesus, by the way. Literally happened. Devil came in hot, missiles towards him. <laughs> While he was weak, mind you, telling Jesus, turn these stones into bread. Jump off. Jump off. Go ahead and jump off the top of the temple. Make a big show and watch the angels catch you. Let everyone know how great you are. And then, hey, check it out. You don't have to go to the cross. I'll just, if you just bow down. And worship me right here. It will all be better. I'm the prince of the power of the air. I'll give you control over everything you see. Jesus is like, you don't understand. I'm going to crush your head. You don't understand. I'm going to shut you up. 
you don't understand. I'm on a here. I'm, I, I'm here on a mission since the Garden of Eden. You don't understand. Yeah, you, you may give me some body blows, but I'm going to take you out. Everlast. How did he do this? He did this with the word of truth. He bound every lie with truth. He responded with men do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It says, don't put your God to the test. It says, love the Lord your God and worship him only. I'm binding you up, Satan, with truth. John Piper says, take your stand on the bedrock of Jesus's word with the reality of Jesus himself at the center. I love that. So how are we going to bind up every thought and take it captive with truth? So, okay. Everlast, listen to me. We're almost done. You're going to have to, you're going to have to know some truth. Here's the truth though. Most, I bet most of us can quote 20 movie quotes with their specific reference quicker than we can quote 20 scriptures. Y'all, can I, can I just say this? This can't be. It can't be. It really can't. Can y'all receive that tonight? That can't be. Listen to this. If you want to fight worry well, know the word of God well. If you want to fight worry well, know the word of God well. Now here's the third step of holding everything, every thought captive. Three, ready? Last one. Change the narrative. Everlast, change the narrative. Change what you're thinking about. By the way, newsflash you get to you get to control the playlist of your mind like literally you're the dj of your own thoughts you are the dj of your own thoughts you need to take control because i have the power of the finished work of jesus i am standing on victory i am changing the story i'm changing the story of the battle of my mind philippians 4 8 finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what? Think about these things. Think. <clears throat> um, a guy that I followed on Instagram a long time ago, uh, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> His name's Jeff Struker. Um, he was an Army Ranger in 1993 and was involved in the battle of uh, Mogadishu. The battle of Mogadishu Everlast was famously depicted in the movie Black Hawk Down where a small group of elite soldiers was sent into Mogadishu, Somalia and they were tasked with capturing two high profile targets and escaping. But while they were in the middle of the operation, which was by the way supposed to take well under an hour, um, two of their Black Hawk helicopters were shot down and crashed in the city. So suddenly, what was supposed to be less than an hour dragged on through the night into the next day. A small group of American troops were now surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of enemy fighters. Jeff Struker was charged at the age of 24 with driving the lead Humvee, which was their exfil, out of the city, and into safety. As he drove out and the situation began to devolve, the first casualty in the battle happened um, right next to him as one of his friends. He was able to lead the column of Humvees out of the city successfully and make it back to their base. When he got to their base, he was just so thankful, so thankful to be alive. They unloaded the wounded, and then his commanding officer came to him and said, you have to go back. 
there's more men trapped in the city. And as he was telling him this, one of the other special forces men came out, came out to him and said, Jeff, before you go back, you, you have to wash all the blood out of the truck. It'll traumatize the men you pick up for them to have to sit in that. So he had to go back and wash up the blood of his friend out of the truck. Jeff said that when he entered into that moment, panic, utter worry filled his mind. He said that he honestly began to freak out. I don't want to go back. I can't go back. I can't go back there. I I can't function. And he began to lock up, seize. And he said he just kept thinking over and over again, this is going to be my blood. That's going to be my blood. That's going to be my blood. So in that moment of anxiety and panic and utter worry, what did he do? He started to pray. He started to pray. He started saying the same things, but now saying them to the Lord. And he said that as he began talking to God about his fears, sitting there in the Humvee, Knowing what he was about to face, he said suddenly different thoughts began to enter his mind as he transitioned his thinking to this. The Lord commands my destiny, not my enemy. The Lord determines whether I live or die. No other soldier does. If he will have me survive this day, I will go home and see my wife and children. If he does not, I will go home to heaven and see my Savior. Because his faith was in Jesus, who had lived and died for him, forgave him of his sins and his life, and gave him the assurance of eternal life in him. And so as he thought that, as he thought about, rather, these realities, the sovereignty of God and the salvation of Jesus, Jeff Stryker said this, no matter what happens, God will let me live, and I will go to my wife and children, or... God will let me die, and I will go home to see my Savior. But either way, I'm going home. He said when those thoughts entered his mind, his mind cleared, and he was able to function. He was completely 180, now able to function. So he cleaned out the Humvee, got in, drove to the city, rescued more men, and brought them out. By the way, he then drove into the city again and again and again, continuing Uh, to rescue his fallen and wounded brothers, then later became a chaplain to comfort them emotionally and spiritually as they process what they've been through. It's amazing. So how was Jeff able to function? He changed the narrative. He changed the narrative. Not only that, but he literally did what Peter instructed us to do. In 1 Peter 5, 6, 7, we read it earlier, but we need to read it again, everlasting. Humble yourselves, therefore, into the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I cast my anxieties onto him and then I take his care onto me. Everlast, hear me. God cares for you. God cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. How can you know? Oh, that's easy, y'all. Look to the cross. Jesus isn't like, y'all need to know this. Jesus isn't like in the process of forgiving you. <laughs> he's not like on his way to conquering sin and death. No, he, he's done conquering sin and death. 
He didn't say on the cross, I'm getting close to what I came to do. No, he said, to Telestai. He said, it is finished. My work here is done. He says to us, what you couldn't do, I have done. You are now free. If you choose to think right, you can right now come onto the place of victory that I have established for you. It's important that we fight smart and wage the war of worry well in our mind. Everlast, identify the thought, bind it with the word of truth, change the narrative. And honestly, I like to put it this way. It's pretty simple. The Lord just brought me this simple phrase when it came to surrendering my personal worry. Um, because honestly, you remember the, the scale of 1 to 10 earlier? Lately, I'll, I'll be honest, like I, my, my thoughts have been more on the negative. You know, my, thought has, my thoughts have been more on the worry. And I, I'm pleading with the Lord by his grace to, 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 uh, to, tr- to get my eyes off of the problem and onto him. I love, I've quoted Pastor Al on this many times, but Pastor Al says, you know, cry out under your circumstance, under your worry, to the God who is over your circumstance, over your worry. It's powerful. Identify the thought. Bind it with the word of truth. Change the narrative. And this is something like I just shared. Something simple that the Lord gave me. Uh, it's super short, but it's just a quick little nugget that I've just thought of. But think less, pray more. <laughs> think less, pray more. Philippians, I'm going to leave you with this, these couple verses. Or I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, two verses. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you all pray with me? Let's pray.